0: Another episode of the Flyers Talk podcast. You're listening to Katie Emmer and Jordan Hall. Lively things going on as we get closer and closer to the start of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Round robin play for the Flyers, of course. But first and foremost, Jordan, the Seattle Kraken. What do you think about the 32nd NHL franchise releasing their name today? The Kraken. You gotta love it.
1: That was really funny. I I don't love it. I'll be honest. Like, <laughs> come take a on, you not a
0: Pirates of the Caribbean fan. No, I am. What but I thought about
1: I just have a feeling, you know, whenever you're like, oh, who are they playing tonight? Oh, they got the Senators or the Rangers. Like I think it's gonna feel so weird being like, oh, they got uh Kraken. Like it's just it's gonna take a while for me. What do you think, Kitty?
0: I don't know. You know, I think with any new thing, good things take time in a way. I'm saying good things. I mean I know the Flyers are gonna, you know, take them down. Yeah. Right? right? Right. But uh, with the mascot, you got to love it. You got to love the NHL. You see see another team happen there in Seattle, which a long time coming. They have a a great history of hockey out there. But I think the same goes for like the Vegas Golden Knights, Jordan. When you first sort of hear that, yes, it was like it was that sharp name. But even the Golden Knights, I was like, how is that going to work? I mean, it's kind of like it's hard to get used to. Of course, the Golden Knights and the Kraken, I mean, they're so different from each other. The Kraken, it is going to be weird because there really isn't any other team that you would have ever heard called the Kraken, of course, until today. So, uh, or recently uh, in that matter. So, very, I think, cool. Why not? The Kraken. I mean, I think the best part is like, this isn't the most important thing is the mascot, but I think that's the next question. It's like, huh, well, I I wonder what that's going to look like. I wonder what the vibe is going to be for that. Um, but you gotta know too, these young hockey fans, they already know it. I was talking to a producer from San Jose. He said his nine-year-old son was like, I love that. I love the Kraken." it's like, I know the young kids love this stuff. So why not?
1: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely bet like the younger kids are probably loving it. And probably the older generations are like, uh, what? Um, and you know, how a lot of people say like, oh, they're playing Vegas tonight. I have a feeling like, I think a lot of people refer to the Golden Knights as Vegas. I have a feeling for a while yeah. it's going to be Seattle. And then maybe, hopefully, people start calling them Kraken. But I like the jerseys and the colors. What do you, what do you think of that? Right.
0: Them? Uh, yeah, you got to love the colors. Yeah, I know yeah. that's another big thing, too. You got to love all the flashy stuff. I do yeah. like it. It is pretty sharp. But, yeah, I was at first, I'm like, okay, well, I don't think they're going to have any alternates with the Kraken on it. I mean, what's going to work? But, um, yeah, you got to love uh, seeing that happen. I keep saying got to love. But, yeah. in the, you know, the main part is seeing the Flyers. They will certainly uh, take care of business, hopefully, when that team steps foot uh, on Broad Street. But anyway, that will be in the future. Getting here and now, a lot of uh, different news, as I said, on the top of the show, Jordan, exciting to get into it. Um, I-, I love starting things on the right note. Right there, we talk about the, the Seattle Kraken, another uh, NHL team making their way in. But this is, I mean, the best part of the week. I, I think in my-, my preference, my opinion, Jordan, this is the best part of my 2020 yeah. And that story being none other than Oscar Lindblom. We see him get a, a three year extension with an, an annual average value of $3 million. You were there. Um, you were there to, you know, hear from Chuck Fletcher, you know, see all these different Elaine Vigneault. You heard from Matt Niskanen as well. um, at virtuous center. This is amazing. I mean, this for, personally for me, uh, and, and I know it's not about me, but I think everyone just resonates. This is a human being. This has been such an uplifting story in such a dark time in a way. And um. You can, again, only hope for the best. Things can only go up from here. Uh, And, you know, you keep sending those good thoughts and prayers his way. Um, But it certainly is such a cool story to see him prosper.
1: It is. It's awesome. Kitty. I saw your tweet. You said Oscar Lindblom is the best story of 2020. And I I thought that was really uh, spot on. Uh, What a great story for a year that's been pretty weird. I think, you know, weird and um, just chaotic and unprecedented for everyone. But, uh, yeah, just – It's incredible, remarkable from, you know, from his diagnosis in mid-December to where he is now. uh, The fact that he um, is already deemed cancer-free by uh, his medical team uh, at this point is incredible. But the fact that now he's signed a new contract and the Flyers are talking about taking him or bringing him to Toronto to be one of their 31 players uh, is astounding. I just – I don't think anyone thought – he'd be playing hockey again. Obviously the pandemic really kind of allowed uh, for this opportunity possibly. And we obviously do not know if he's going to get into a game or anything. Uh, That may be a long shot. We can talk more about that, but um, just to be in consideration to put the Jersey back on to skate and to go to Toronto with the team and to basically be one of the players on that roster. That's not just like, he's not just going there as one of their like 52 Members of the team. He's going there as one of the 31 players who can play a game, and I have people. Some people asking me, like, is he actually eligible to play? Well, like, yeah. If he's if he's on the roster, the 31 man roster, all those 31 guys that go are eligible to play in the in these playoffs. And uh, if if that's how the fires are going to bring him there, uh, he he could play. Um, but yeah, long story short, just a really really cool story, and it's it was just really special to talk to. His teammates, the general manager Chuck Fletcher, Lane Vigneault, and they just rave about him. Uh, they rave about him as a human being, um, just as much as they rave about him as a hockey player. The Flyers really believe in him as a hockey player as well. They didn't just sign him to sign him. You know, this is a three-year deal uh, with three million per season. Uh, they believe he can. He, you know, he can get back to where he was. They believe. Uh, they believe in Oscar Lindblom, and they think he can play again and be effective. And Chuck Fletcher was very quick quick to point out that he was tied for their team leading goals when he was diagnosed he was on pace for 30 goals and he's only 23 years old he turns 24 in august uh the the young man's future uh is bright ahead and and they believe in him i thought that was a very cool sign to show that they believe in him by signing him now and getting it done with
0: yeah and you know first and foremost it is about his personal health and and this is a great thing but on top of that jordan When you add into just the community, the hockey community rallying behind him, I've said this before in past episodes, it truly is such an uplifting thing for not only the Flyers, but for every team. But getting now on top of that, getting closer into the Flyers group, uh, hearing from these players and even seeing this happen, uh, like unfold throughout the regular season, such sad news to come about. But when he did visit, uh, we mentioned this before, when he did visit games, it was such a positive moment. Jake Borachek, guys saying after the game, like it's so good to see him here. With that in mind, Jordan, now that he's going with to Toronto, this is only a, an exclamation point and an already successful team. The, this whole story off the ice, you know, this whole rally behind such an important teammate, such an important person—it's really, it's a really amazing thing. Like, it seriously gives me goosebumps to even think about. And I'm sure you had that same moment yesterday, where it's like, or you know, earlier this week when you hear that news, and it's just, this is incredible. And I know you talked about the organization. It's not just about okay, this is a good thing to do. That is not what's in mind. Of course, this Flyers organization is so beyond tremendous. I mean, they're just an incredible organization. And that starts, of course, with Chuck Fletcher and really what he's established. But you're right. I mean, they believe in him. This is a guy that has a bright future and uh, deservingly so seeing that contract. And I believe you uh, quoted it. Chuck Fletcher is saying, hopefully this is the short, I mean, the shortest uh, contract he'll ever be signed. Like even that belief down the road, it's pretty incredible
1: really is and it really Chuck Fletcher said he believes the contract was a win-win for both sides and I think it really was um the the fact is the Flyers do believe in Oscar Lindblom but they understand the situation that he's obviously got still um a hill to climb and to return uh he's been out for you know about seven months now since his diagnosis and obviously still has a ways to go um so three million a year seems very fair especially given what he has done and what he could do down the line and then for three years for Oscar Lindblom, like, that's great job security. I, I think Oscar Lindblom uh, is probably smiling ear to ear thinking of being in Philadelphia for three more years. Uh, I, I wonder if he was truly thinking that in mid-December when he was diagnosed. Was he thinking about signing a three-year deal? It was probably the last one in his mind. He was probably just trying to uh, get his mind right for, for a really serious fight against cancer. And here he is signing a three-year deal. He's a part of the future. Um, I think it really was a win-win for both sides. And let's hope Oster Limbaugh can get back to playing again. And, yeah, hopefully he signs bigger deals and he uh, plays more years and does more than what he's ever done so far in the NHL. But uh, they believe his his floor is – this is just the floor for him. They believe he can get better. Um, And I think that the contract really speaks volumes to their belief in him. Your NBC Sports Philadelphia podcasts are now on the My Teams app. Listen to Eagle Eye Sixers Talk, Phillies Talk, and Flyers Talk now.
0: Getting in, into Carter Hart, it was a, a much of a concern seeing him leave the ice. You were right there to see it, um, and I'll, I'll toss it to you—you know—to explain more of it. But I will say that, like when you see things like this, at least in my mind, this is a guy, a goaltender for the most part. The stretching—we know he was—he was active throughout the hockey hiatus, but. I feel like at the same time, you have to accept that things like these are going to happen. But if it's going to happen, I would rather have it, you know, right now. And I'd rather have him getting off the ice. Um, But of course, there was a lot of different question marks, Jordan. Fans were concerned. Uh, They didn't know what was going on. And I mean, that all ties into the protocol now that you can't really release these injuries. So it makes it even more stressful for some of these fans.
1: It does. And I think the positives were that when he did leave, people hardly noticed. Uh, If he left with a big puff of smoke and it was very dramatic and attention grabbing, then I think that would have been more concerning because everyone would have seen it and they would have thought, well, that we saw it and that wasn't good. We saw what happened. He didn't look good when he left. The fact that he left and a lot of people didn't even notice it, I think was a good thing. It was probably um, something that was maybe minor and he very quietly just slipped off the ice and made sure he got checked and made sure he didn't aggravate it anymore. So uh, that was a that was a good sign, a good sign from the start. But with the situation, though, you just you're not going to know. They can't say anything. We we know the mutual agreement between the NHL and the NHLPA uh, that they will not disclose any injuries or illnesses during this time, just to respect players' um, medical privacy. So, you know, some people are thinking, oh, you're overreacting and stuff. But at the end at the end of the day, Carter Hart's your number one goalie. He's 21 years old. He's your franchise. And he's one of the biggest reasons they had this turnaround season. So if he's not out there and he's leaving and then he's not returning and then he's not practicing the next day, that's notable. That's a big deal um, no matter how much we know. But uh, I think uh, Elaine Vigneault gave a sliver of um, relief for Flyers fans when he said he couldn't say much, but he did say, I'm not too concerned about it. And I think that really told us, okay, He wouldn't just say that to say that, because when when he says that, he's putting himself out there. And what do you know, Katie? Hart doesn't take part in the scrimmage, but he does hit the ice and get in some solo work. He takes some shots. Uh, Elaine Vigneault afterwards said he felt real good and he should be good to go for Friday and for Saturday and before they leave. So it's looking like all is well for Carter Hart. It could have been just a minor scare. It sounds like he probably took himself out for precautionary reasons, which is good. Uh, The Flyers have some time. And Katie had me thinking. How beneficial now is the work that they did before this pause? Just given that they're not hopping right into a best of five qualifying round where these games are super important, they bought themselves some time. It looks like Carter Hart's going to be fine for the exhibition or the round robin, uh, but if he wasn't, the Flyers have a little bit of time to play with. They don't open that first round until August 11th. They really have the exhibition and the three round ra- round robin games to play with, which is a huge benefit. So it made me think. Man, what they did before the pause is even more vital uh, given they've had a few hiccups, a few injury scares, uh, especially to a guy like Carter Hart. How important was it for them to play well and to earn that buy?
0: Of course, it's a positive. Uh, you got to be happy with the work they put in. Of course, that uh, wonderful win streak they had going, and it was an upsetting loss to the Boston Bruins. But it, things were picking up. It was exciting that second half of the season. We know was so good for the Flyers. Just so many different positives with their special teams. Everything. We don't even have to get into it again. This, of course, paid off. And little did all of us know. Little did the Flyers know that this is going to be their benefit in a 2014 playoff format. Almost five months later. So. Certainly a beneficial thing. I, I think another thing to remember, too, is, you know, teams like the Boston Bruins, the Lightning, all they're doing is losing ground, essentially. So they're going to be playing to just hold their, hold their spot. The Flyers are in this uh, spot where they get to play with the league's best to start it off. I think you just mentioned that there. And they can only go up from here. So certainly I don't think it could have gotten any better. Um, and really when you think about the team, the team aspect of things, the guy staying in shape, it certainly is a positive that Carter Hart was able to do what he was doing. We heard uh, Taryn Hatcher catch up with him during the break, uh, back at home in Edmonton, just hanging out with family, but really still staying active with his yoga and active with his, um, his mental toughness as well, which is so important. But I mean that on top of that, you have Ivan Provrov that had his own private sheet. We didn't know about, and he was able to get some skating in. I think, uh, you know, again, all the teams are starting uh, at square one. Uh, Not every team, not every player has had opportunities to be skating, but everyone's starting up. They're all starting at square one. But, Jordan, I think the biggest thing that's going to pay off and what's really going to say what team is going to make it the the farthest and essentially win this Stanley Cup is the team that, you know, respects and takes care of their, their bodies and their health as much as possible when they're away from the rink. I think that's going to be the team that ends up uh, at the finish line, uh, able to win it all because, um, you know, the, the team that's the most healthy right now, of course, it's a positive, but going down when you go to the bubble cities, uh, guys who leave the rink, guys who leave anything, you want them to be as safe as possible. You don't want to be losing five guys at a time. Um, So talking about the past before the pause, talking about it during, but now this playoff format uh, for the flyer's sake If they all, you know, are are smart with the things they do away from the rink and if they take care of their bodies and limit any injuries or limit any illnesses um, out of the lineup, I think that's going to be the team. It could essentially be the Flyers, but whatever team that is that takes the best care of their health moving forward, don't you think, is going to be the team that's going to have the best shot at this thing?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and health uh, will be vital, obviously, Um, especially given these guys are coming back after such an unprecedented stoppage, you know, over four months. Uh, without even skating or playing, and then you, yeah, you know, th- this is obviously the point of training camp is to really make sure guys are back um, in, a, in proper health to start playing uh, NHL games. So they're going to be ready to go. Uh, but at the same time, you really are just jumping into games, and there's going to be there's going to be some health hiccups um, because yeah, guys haven't played games. Uh, Sean Couturier was saying it uh, this week that you just you really can't simulate. NHL game speed and action and rhythm you just can't it's like you can do everything possible and practices and drills to get yourself as ready as possible but uh there's no simulating that you have to get in there and do it uh so there are there are chances that there's going to be health scares and that's why the rosters are expanded. they're so big they're 31 players uh because there's a good chance you're going to need some reinforcements um and, Katie, we've talked so much about the Flyers being in a really good position because, quite frankly, they are. Uh, they're the fourth seed. Uh, they have a bypass at qualifying round. They can improve their seed in the round robin, and they can't go any lower. So they really are truly in a good spot. We're not just uh, trying to be positive. They're in a good spot. Matt Niskanen, one of their leaders, had some really interesting things to say this week at training camp. Uh, obviously, Niskanen has played in a ton of playoff games, I believe 125 in his career. He's won a Stanley Cup with the Capitals. And he mentioned how some of his really good Capitals teams, those teams that won the President's Trophy, had an immense amount of pressure on them. And he said he could tell it affected guys negatively. He said that that pressure really impacted the guys' focus. Um, it was outside pressure that they felt. And they fell short in the playoffs. And the year they won, he said, was when they actually lost a few main pieces. And they went into that season with just not as sky-high expectations. And then they, they started playing well because the pressure was a little less. Um, he thinks the Flyers are in a really, really positive spot because they played well and they're in good position with the round robin and their seed. But no one's really picking them to win it all. They're not the Bruins. They're not the best team in the NHL. They're not the top dog, obviously, um, or even in the top two or three. Uh, They're a good team that believes it can win, but there's really not an outside pressure expectation. And I thought that was really uh, interesting to hear from him. And it made me think that the Flyers really are going into this with a nothing-to-lose mentality, which could be scary for opponents. Katie, what do you think about their position? Do you really think they have a nothing-to-lose kind of mentality?
0: Of course. And you know what? I think even in our last episode talking about uh, the article from Nesson saying that, you know what, they're, they're going to be the least uh, amount prepared to pick up that momentum again. And it's like, how do they do that? How, how does that even come about to just assume the Flyers won't have that momentum? Jordan, you know what? I just think they're just on the bottom right now. Like people just don't, they know that the Flyers have talent. They know that they have a good chemistry um, and, and can make things happen. They're a flashy team. Uh, and way different than years past. This season is so much different. But it's like I almost think when you look at the grant, like the whole scale of the NHL, they're just like they're they're not really in the discussion. Like they would have that opportunity or that chance. Of course, Flyers fans, we all we all know it because it's the team we know and love, and we've kept up with something. I think about is even last year, uh, Jordan. The St. Louis Blues were a team that halfway you know point of the season, it's like yeah, no. I mean, they're not even on your radar to potentially have a chance and then look at their run. Of course, last season is not this season uh, when you add into the, the global pandemic and the pause, but I think those kind of things, it's, it's a great thing when you're not uh, the team that's sort of being the top runner, that consideration that could have it and win it all. You have nothing to lose. Uh, I think the Flyers and even just the history of the, the grittiness uh, around this team, I think nothing could be better uh, for this case in the 2014 playoff
1: format. It's going to be fun to watch. I think so, too. I understood what Matt Niskanen was saying. When you think of some of the teams that probably have the most pressure and expectations, you think of the Bruins. They were the best team in the NHL during the regular season. Uh, They fell short in the Stanley Cup last year. They are in a big market uh, with fans really expecting a Stanley Cup. You think of the Lightning, who had an historic regular season last year and got bounced in the first round. Uh, A lot of pressure on them from their fans – Ah, uh, the St. Louis Blues, the defending champs, the t- one of the top teams in the West. Um, obviously, want to defend their title, and fans have expectations for them. Uh, even the Capitals, the third seed in the East, right ahead of the Flyers. Uh, you know, they're not long; they're not far off from their last Cup. Um, Braden Hope, he could be in his last year. Uh, Alex Ovechkin, obviously, is their main guy, and he's getting older. Um, obviously, not slowing down. But you, you, know, you start thinking of how many years left you have of a certain core. And the Capitals are a team that probably have people wondering how many years are left in that core. So those are the teams that really have the expectations. The Flyers, they really are a team that could just kind of quietly go into this. No one's picking them to win. Uh, no one had expectations for them this season. Uh, they definitely exceeded the expectations uh, for, for everyone. Uh, as we know, they made the biggest jump in points this year. Only four teams – given the shortened season because of the pandemic, only four teams improved their their point totals from last season. The Flyers improved theirs the most by seven points, uh, despite playing 13 fewer games. So uh, it is a pretty cool spot to see the Flyers in, and you can sense it in practice. The, they're really loose in the scrimmages. They're talking trash. They're, they're, um, they're, they're old selves. Yes, they're, yep. you can hear them. They're having fun. They enjoy chirping each other. Uh, they're very tight. Um, with one another. Uh, they really do have a loose feel right now. And I think they're going to take that into the playoffs. And um, I think there's a lot of teams that probably wouldn't want to see them because they are a good team that doesn't really have um, much pressure going into this.
0: Uh, God, I mean, it's like – it's you know what? It's like a different pressure, though, because there is some pressure. And sure. got to love Matt and He's always got good things to say. And he's just got, uh, as you mentioned, his experience in the playoffs. Like, whatever he says is so insightful and so interesting throughout the regular season. But right here, right now, I mean, it is great to hear from him. And that's such a great, you know, point that you don't really think of. But I do think, too, like, at the same time, if you are teams like the Boston Bruins, like, they're used to playing under that pressure. Like, this is way different. But – Um, you know, of a circumstance to be picking it up. And as we mentioned around Robin play, they only have ground to lose. I can't imagine they're very happy that they have to be playing these games, but that pressure sometimes is their benefit. We don't want to think about that, but in the flyer's sake, it's like, yeah, the pressure is different when you measure it out with the top teams. But I think you want some, you want something and Jordan, you know what? They have it. They have it. Uh, most certainly you did mention one thing you think they're going to go into it quietly. What do you mean by that? Because I'm like, I, I know they're going to be maybe in a different manner. Like, they're going to just just sneak up all of a sudden and be a, a top team. But uh, in the end, potentially, who knows what could happen. But what do you mean by quietly? Are they going to?
1: Yeah, do I, don't, I, don't mean, I don't mean quietly like themselves. Like, they're going to go in and not care. I mean, quietly among the league. I don't think the league or people that – I know, I'm just poking league. at you. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people aren't picking the Flyers to win. You know, they're the fourth seed in the East, um, where there's other top three teams uh, have a little bit more history right now, and, uh, and they had better regular seasons. Uh, not to say the Flyers didn't have a good regular season, but uh, I think the outside uh, noise won't be as loud around them. Matt Niskin said the other day, he's like, You know, when we were in D.C., like we felt like we had like a big dark cloud over our heads a lot uh, when we won the president's trophy. He's like, we won those president trophies by a mile. Uh, So the pressure was immense. And, uh, you know, these are human beings. As much as you want to say they got to, you know, get past the pressure and, you know, uh, there is no such thing. Why are they nervous? I thought it was pretty cool that Matt Niskin and a 32-year-old, I think he might be 33 now, veteran uh, admitted that, yeah. Those teams were good, they were great, but they felt pressure. Uh, That's just the nature of it.
0: Flyers Talk is brought to you by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help.
1: We talk about these rosters and how big they are. 34 players in camp, that's excluding Oscar Lindblom because he is not in camp right now, but they have 34 players. They can only take 31. So they're going to have to leave three back, and then when you think about it, if you bring in Oscar Lindblom, who they are hopeful can come to Toronto and be a part of it, they will have to leave four back. I wanted to ask you first, uh, I wanted to get into which players we think will have to probably stay back or what players we want to come to Toronto to kind of be their reinforcements. But also, do you think, do you actually think Oscar Lindbaum could maybe get into a game?
0: Uh, that is completely out of our hands, right? Like, I want to think so. This would be an amazing thing to see that happen and just the mental and physical toughness. I can't even, again, we've mentioned this, I can't even imagine going through what he went through ringing the bell and then traveling to Toronto for this bizarre situation of a 2014 playoff format like this, this is unreal. And you know what, if he got into the lineup, this would be incredible to see, Um, especially, hey, who knows if he could pick up, you know, where he left off in a a different way. But it is hard to think. I mean, you know that he's in good hands. Like, I, I know for sure he wouldn't be put out there if he couldn't, if the doctors didn't approve of it, trainers didn't approve of it. Um, but if that's all passed through and you know, his health is his own business. So if it is, uh, in his case, a, a great decision to make, why not? Can you talk about just how electrifying the, you know, reinserting him back into the lineup would be for this, this already rolling team? Um, if, if you're talking momentum for sure, like that would really help pick up momentum if you're at, like that is without a doubt, picking back, uh, up a, a special momentum, and uh, it just creates a great storyline. Of course, you know, high hopes, Katie Emmer, always uh, staying positive. I, I have uh, very high hopes for this Flyers team. Our listeners, I'm sure, can notice that because I'm always, you know, staying positive. Why not? You know what? We haven't seen any play out there yet. Um, it- and we'll know more after, you know, even exhibition game. But game one of round-robin play. Wherever this team is at, however they're going, if Oscar Lindblom gets back into the lineup, it's only going to make things better. Uh, this is, it would certainly be an incredible thing to see. But when you talk about what guys that stay back, I'd have to go with Ustamako, Prosser, Watherspoon, and Rupsov. And Jordan, you know what? I would think that you and I are on the same page with a lot of these because, uh... Yeah, I mean, you look at the rest of this training camp roster and guys that we've seen up uh, with the Flyers throughout this season. I mean, these are names that you would think are a given potentially, but who knows what could happen.
1: Those are kind of the ones I had. One guy uh, I'll replace instead of Prosser I think will be Igor Zamula. I love Zamula. Obviously, very exciting prospect Um, that's going to be with the Phantoms next year. The team is incredibly high on him. But if you think about it, he – has not played a game since the World Junior Championship because then he had back surgery right after that World Junior Championship. So he has, you know, he has not played at the pro level and he hasn't played in a really long time. A lot of these reinforcements won't even get in. They, they probably won't play a game unless it really calls for it in the emergency type of, you know, situation. But if they had to, I don't think they would want to call on a 20-year-old kid um, who has not played a game since the world junior championship uh, uh, and is coming off a of back surgery. So Zemul, I think will stay back. I think Yerman uh, Rubisov will stay back. Um, I think Tyler Watherspoon will be another defenseman that will stay back. Prosser's a veteran guy uh, who has played for the wild. Um, I think he's going to uh, be there just cause he's a veteran defenseman. If they ever need him, you know, he could probably go in there and handle himself fine. Um, and then the fourth and final guy will be, I think, Krill Ustamenko, uh, the goalie. I don't think they'll need four goalies. If they want to bring four goalies, then they, maybe they'd lead back another forward. But I think those will be the four for me. Um, and as for Limblom, it's awesome that we're talking about it. I'm glad the Flyers aren't counting anything out. I think a lot of us were surprised when Chuck Fletcher and the Flyers did not rule out him playing in the game. And to me, why would they rule it out? Why limit Oscar Limblom? They know how special of a young man he is and spe- how special of a human being he is, how much he fights. The kid just uh, got done his cancer treatments and, and is looking to start restart his career again. Why put limits on him? Why say, "Nah, you know what? There's no chance he plays. Do I think he will play? I don't think so. I think it would be a real long shot. And I think they're going to be as careful as possible, be as judicious as possible and how they use him. I hope he skates and practices. I think he actually will do that uh, if he goes to Toronto, which I think he will. Um, I don't think we'll get into a game. If you think about it, 31 guys, that's a lot. It's a lot. You know, you play 12 forwards, you play six defensemen, you play a goalie. Uh, So those are a lot of guys kind of waiting in the wings, and they obviously have guys that um, have been playing all season, haven't been dealt with injuries, um, and that are skating and competing now where – Whereas Oscar obviously has not had the luxury of playing hockey. Uh, He has not been able to do that. He has skated a few times, but he has not joined the team yet again. Uh, So I don't think he'll get into a game, but I love that the GM and the team is basically sending a message of, we believe in this kid. We are never going to rule anything out. So if he's a part of that 31-man roster, he is eligible to practice and he is eligible to play. We're not going to put any limits on this kid. So I think that that was the message. I think it's a I think it's amazing that we're talking about it. I don't think he'll get in and those are my four guys that I think will stay behind. But the Flyers have good reinforcements, Katie. We've talked about it before. You know, the Morgan Frosts, the Nate Thompsons, um a possible Shane Goss Gossesberg's your seventh defenseman. Uh they have some good guys uh that can be ready if called upon and um I know those guys will be ready, but uh it's good to see the Flyers have this type of depth, and it's nice to hear Lindblom has a good shot to go to Toronto. That's really cool to say. Thursday, July 23rd, marks one year out from the Tokyo Olympics. The world will come back together to celebrate competition, unity, and the triumph of the human spirit as the best athletes on earth pursue a dream delayed. The Tokyo Games begin next July on NBC.
0: And ending our episode today, getting into maybe what the different things are that we're seeing. The MLB, they have cutouts. I know the Dodgers uh, have uh, cutouts behind them at parks, and people can send in uh, you know their photos to, to have their face in the stands. We're seeing uh, the NBA come out with recorded chants. They're going to have the video boards constantly flashing messages, like and one, um, and fans appearing on video boards. I mean, I, we've even seen just... I don't know about you, but on Twitter, there's different, you know, uh, there's different proposals with fan crowds or crowd noises, and um, it, it almost looks like a video game with the fans in the stands. And first and foremost, 2020, this technology that we've been able to, for one, record our podcasts and do things uh, for our media jobs, but for two, to see these possibilities with no fans in the crowd. I mean. It is so different. Cause I'm old school, you know, at a baseball game, there's nothing like the, and you know what, this isn't ideal for anybody, but I don't know. This is really like, are you a fan of that? Let's start with just the simulated fans. Like, is this a yes or a no for you? Or are you kind of just in the middle? Like, you know what, if it helps the broadcast, if it, if it helps the players sake too, maybe having the noises up on the video boards, like how are you feeling about all this?
1: Yeah, it's a no for me. I just think it's kind of like cheesy. I, like when you hear fans, uh, like a recording of fans cheering, like everyone knows there's no fans. So like you're not fooling anyone. I don't think you're making anyone feel more at home or feel like they're watching it with fans again. And all of a sudden players are like, yeah, I'm, I'm jacked up now because I heard some fans <laughs> cheer my I just, I just don't buy that the NHL players care for that. And I don't think – like, to me, it's more of a distraction because the fans that are watching are probably hearing it, then they're talking about it, and they might not like it, and then all of a sudden they're not really focusing on the game and they're focusing more on, like, the theatrics. Um, I think it's cool. I always enjoy watching practices and stuff because you can hear the players communicating. Like, Kevin Hayes is very vocal, not just as a guy trying to be funny, but he very much likes to talk and communicate on the ice when he's from the bench – Katie, you remember that one game when Ivan Provrov scored the game-winner in Montreal with that nasty move? And you yep. heard the Flyers bench, and we believe it was maybe Kevin Hayes. <clears throat> it, it sounded like Kevin Hayes. Uh, it might have been Justin Braun. But they shout out to, to Ivan Provrov, forward, Provry, forward. And they wanted to tell him, yo, you have a forward that's basically playing defense and basically telling Provrov, you have a really good chance to beat this guy. Take if advantage. You, take advantage yeah. of that matchup. And it was fascinating. It was really cool to hear that aspect of the game that, uh, you know, the teammates communicating. To me, that would be really cool. I would love to hear that. Not to mention some trash talk I think would be fun. Obviously, I think the NHL is going to look into how they can maybe monitor that and censor it because <laughs> God knows Keep what – Right. You, you know, you don't want to have these guys talking live, and then all of a sudden you got all types of stuff going out on live broadcast. Um, so I know they'll probably look into that. I believe they are. But to me, that's what I would really like to hear. Katie, what would you like to hear? I'm okay with it. I them. mean, you-
0: and stuff, I like but, it. I like it. You know what? Like, I do appreciate your valid – like, ba- very valid point. Like, you, I think fans maybe want to hear more of what the players have to say. Um, and I just know for, for the most part, I'll start out with the old school fans. I know my dad, for one, this isn't – he's not a fan of this stuff. Like, yeah. you, want, you want the game as organic as possible. And with all the different changes going on, I get it as we advance more in technology, like new graphics, new ways about broadcast are coming, but with the fans, it really is a different aspect. I will say this on your point though. Like, I don't know if I agree too much about the player talk. Like, it might be something growing up in a house of six boys and always being around this game and covering it from side, uh in college. But like, I have already heard so much of the same things. Like these guys, of course it is entertaining if you're going to hear Travis connect me. Like that, those witty little like smart, con- he is like, and then you have Kevin Hayes. Look at me. I'm, I'm already making excuses. But I will say that I just, I do feel like maybe just a counterpoint to, like, I don't know how much I want to be hearing that because it's like by game two, it's kind of, okay, we've heard everything, but maybe not the full game, but maybe if you just, you can look forward to part of the second period, you know, on the ice or something like that. And you know what, that could be what they're already thinking of. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes. And of course you have to be concerned with what you're going to hear Um, I won't get into it, but I even remember John Tortorella was asked this by a member of the media, and he's like, I don't care. He used different language, but he's like, I really don't care. This isn't what my concern is right now. (laughs) But it is a popular, and he's always entertaining. It certainly is something popular. Uh, It's fun to go on Twitter and just see the different uh, ideas brought about. There's so many creative things you can do right now, and I I think the biggest thing is that you love to see it. You love to see it, Jordan. Like Any fun thing in, in a situation like this, so uncertain, so... Out of the ordinary, if we can, you know, add in a little a little salt and pepper, uh, you know, to like what that. we already got going to just season her up. Um, but, yeah, I do think the simulated fans are a little much. But, you know what? I do think that something – I know these are professional athletes, but something in the arena to really amplify the excitement for them. Um, I even think back to Jake Borachek. You were right there to see it. What was that quote? He's like, the last time I played in front of no fans was, like, never. <laughs> something on around those lines and uh it is it sure is entertaining to hear that you know what like we can only do the best we can do the players I'm sure they're preparing for that maybe this could be a good thing hey maybe if that opportunity happens um Ivan Proverb could hear them clear as day saying go here go here a forward or whatever it's going to be maybe that'll help for their sake but yeah I am I'm not super on board with the simulated fans but at least a little action in the arena to make it, you know, a little bit more exciting to get these guys fired up because that truly is what it's all about in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, But any incorporation for the fans too, maybe on the video boards. I don't know. Sometimes it's like you can't make it too fluffy. These are guys that just have to play the game, but we're all humans. We like to have fun and they like to have fun too. So may as well find some sort of way to create this excitement. But yeah, I don't know know if I want to be seeing simulated fans.
1: Right, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Like whatever they do, I'm open for. Like I, you know, if they want to be creative and experiment, hey. If go the for
0: puck it. drops, I'm happy. I'll, I'll exactly. tell you that. I don't care what else is going on. Right.
1: Like for me, I think it'd be cool for them to play the team's uh, goal songs. Like after every goal, blast that goal song. Try to get yeah. the, the teams feeling like they're kind of back at home. Um, heck, I think anyone likes to listen to music when they work or when they work out. Uh, so I think playing music, maybe not during the action, obviously, but in any type of stoppage. Uh, before a face-off um, play some music get things going yeah uh, I just hope they're not overbearing with like fake fan noise that where you can just hear it and it just doesn't sound natural I think everyone's gonna kind of be like uh eh, you know we're not idiots we know um
0: you know what's something I thought about too like the the MLB standpoint when you see the cutouts of and I don't know how many ballparks are even doing this but yeah. the cutouts in the stands I'll just say the Dodgers because I did see it um if there's like a foul ball or like a home run hit where one of those cutouts is does that mean that like individual gets the ball mailed to them I i'm just i have questions i have yeah, questions no. that's all and I how do you know who who gets it like or are they just yeah. probably not going to do that
1: i think that'd be a pretty cool uh, little uh way to incentivize people to have right forward. they're like yo if it hits you you get a signed <laughs> ball from a player or something um, if, it hits,
0: yeah. if it hits your face cutout, then you're good. You get the ball, and we'll give you the cutout, too, so you can see the seams. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So interesting. You know what, though? Jordan, without a doubt, we are one week closer. And every week, it's it sure is an exciting thing, but I can't believe the end is near for, for the resumption of play in the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. As always, it's fun to have these episodes and to be filled with so much news. Um, I hope you have a great weekend, Jordan. We'll catch up next week.
1: Katie, cannot wait. And uh, when you think about it, next time we talk, the Flyers will be in, to- will be in Toronto. They will be in the Hub City and gearing Whoa. up for uh, the tournament, gearing up for their exhibition game. Uh, so that's pretty exciting to think about uh, that we're that close. Uh, but as always, great to hear from you. Uh, thank you so much, Katie Emmer. Thank you, Ben Barry, our podcast producer, as always. And fans, uh, this is the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, Please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Pepper play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.